Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. Hey, what's up, everybody? I was going to say the incomparable Josh Fisher, but that that just slipped my mind. Well, I, 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 I am incomparable. <laughs> guys, if you're new to this podcast, welcome. Uh, but what Josh and I do here is we watch two shows on an internet streaming platform, Netflix, Hulu Plus, Amazon Prime, what have you. And we, uh, we watch... All both shows in their entirety. Thirteen episodes. Watch all thirteen. Um, <clears throat> for example, this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Marvelous Miss Maisel, which is on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and that was two full seasons we watched. Well, yeah, yeah, you watched both of them this this last two weeks, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the second show is The Umbrella Academy, which had a much shorter time span for us to watch. I think it was yep. only ten episodes. Ten epi- so ten episodes, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, just and just as a fair warning, both shows do have themes that might be something that may not mesh well with you. So it's a fair warning. Um, we're going to talk about certain things that uh, might not be to your liking, but that's fine. That's what we're here for. We want to tell you whether or not the shows have, you know, what what's in them. We want to let you know what. Uh, you should look out for, but we also want to give our opinions and, and thoughts on the shows. So, um, but yeah, guys, um, also, also fair warning. We do spoiler a little bit because again, whole show. Um, but we try not to do too much spoiler. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? We'll be able to do with this one. (laughs) Yeah. uh, They're both. I don't know. We, we kind of talked a little bit before recording and, uh, it's going to be a very interesting conversation, both the shows. So I'm excited. Um, but yeah, guys, go ahead, go ahead and, and and follow us on whatever platform you choose to. Um, we love hearing from you. So if if you listen to us on uh, iTunes, leave a little comment. Let us know what you think. If yeah, you listen to us review. on, yeah. Um, the more interactivity that we get on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, the more eyeballs actually draw to the podcast. Yes. And uh, if there's anything that Josh and I want, it's just to have people listen to the podcast. Um, that's the whole point. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, fellas and and ladies, um, let's jump right into marvelous Miss Maisel, shall we? Let's do so. So, Josh, if you'd be ever so kind to give a quick synopsis of the show itself and uh and then we'll give our thoughts well the basic the easiest way to break it down is uh it's set in 1950s manhattan 1958 1958, yes um and mrs mazel is miriam midge mazel she is a very intelligent, energetic, uh, outgoing Jewish girl who basically had her entire life mapped out. You know, she got married, you know, 
went to college, found a husband, have kids, throw the best Yom Kippur dinners in town. And then her husband, uh, Joel, he uh, is an aspiring stand-up comedian, and she always takes notes for him at the shows, uh, the crowd reactions, how well his bits went. She finds out that he had been stealing Bob's Hope, Bob Hope's bit. He, she's like, why don't you use something original, your own stuff? And he's like, everybody steals. So they had a conversation. He was frustrated. He tried to use it on stage. He bombed. He blamed her for it, and she went to prepare herself for bed. She comes out. He's packed his shit, and he's like, I'm leaving. I've been having an affair. I can't do this anymore. And he leaves her. She gets drunk. She goes back down to the club, and then she gets up on stage talking about it, and she all of a sudden realizes she's a natural at this stand-up comedian bit. So, um... That's the premise of the show. She is a separated mother of two children uh, from a prominent Jewish family in the Upper West Side trying to make a living as a stand-up comedian. And, man, this show is pretty well done. Yeah, it's... It was... I was not expecting... I had no idea what the show was about. Like, straight up, full on. Josh just said... Uh, some people have suggested that we watch The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, since I quit my garbage job and started working with the school and doing DoorDash, I'm going to have a lot more free time to watch shows. So, yeah, let's let's go for it. Little did I expect for this show to be borderline perfect. Yeah. Um, it is super fucking funny. And when it needs to be dramatic... It's not silly dr- drama. It's like realistic drama of like kind of everyday life stuff that you would expect to see in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, like problems that make sense. But also that classic like because everyone's Jewish in the show. Well, every just, important character is Jewish. Just about everybody in the show is Jewish, yeah. Um. You have different types of Jewish people. You have the classic Larry David uh, worrying about everything kind of Jew. Mm-hmm. And then you have your your typical, like, uh, I don't really care about much, but my family's fucking wacky kind of Jew. Mm-hmm. And it just, it works. Every angle of it works. It's not ridiculous like Seinfeld is. It's not um, over-the-top like... Curb Your Enthusiasm is. It's I love not to say that either sh- like either show is. I mean, I don't find Seinfeld funny, but um, but that but I'm not I'm not throwing that in there. I'm just saying like the way that those shows work with the characters being Jewish is different to how these characters act. It's a much yeah. more realistic setting, um, which for me is something that I draw to super super well. Um, I guess the word I'm looking for is it's not melodrama, which is nice. No, it absolutely isn't melodrama. I mean, it's it's a comedic drama series. Um, they call it a, they literally call it a dramedy. Yeah, yeah. But, Which you know, I, it's, a, it's a silly term, but yeah, because you know it's one syllable away from being a type of camel. Uh, <laughs> okay, dramedy, dramedary. I mean, come on. 
I got it. I understand. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, it's a joke. It's a joke of those told those podcasts. Well, you said so, your brother you know. listens every week. I felt like I needed to explain it. <laughs> Not that brother. Oh, my bad. My apologies. <laughs> my apologies. He's going to get a kick out of that, though. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for the audience, just, just to clarify, and maybe I'll talk about it next week, but I have a little brother who's, um, not all there. Um, he's all there. He, he, he's, he's all there. He just doesn't get jokes. Like you literally have to explain every joke to him and he still doesn't understand why people find it funny. Right. It's it's bad. There's that and many other things, but yes. Um, Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'll talk about it next week. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the brother that lives in Sacramento. Um, the one that, like, interrupted the podcast that one week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which um, one. The one that I share yeah. a name with. Yep. Yeah. Well, shout out to him for listening every week. We appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, none of my, family, yeah. none of my family listens to this fucking show. They're just like, <laughs> hey, we interviewed an executive <laughs> producer from Hollywood and twice, and... Really love for you to check out the interview and listen to it, and none of them have ever fucking done so. I'm like, wow, great. Anybody outside of my house, that's what I mean, you know. (laughs) It's very fitting that we're talking about family, by the way, because that's the theme of this show. Yep. Uh, Full on, no joke, every aspect of this show has to do with either Miriam's or Midge's family, Mm -hmm. or it has to do with... Joel. Joel's family. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's and these and these characters. First and foremost, let me throw this out there. I think I mentioned it to you, but uh, there's two actors that steal every scene they're in. Yep. And that Tony um, Shalhoub as Abe Wasman, Midge's dad, and yep. Alex Borstein as Susie Myerson, Midge's agent. And oh, thank you, man. thank you for those names because it's welcome. been a while since I watched the show. They are wonderful. In oh, every scene. Absolutely hilarious. Every scene they're in. Um, they, uh... And I didn't realize uh, that Alex Borstein is the voice actress for uh, Lois Griffin on Family Guy. And numerous other characters. Like, she's just yeah. not just Lois, but yeah, she, yeah, she's, um... She's been doing, like, after SNL, she's just been doing voice acting a lot. Well, see, I uh, never, I never knew plays, that she but... was on uh, SNL, um... I'm sorry, not SNL, Mad TV, my bad. Oh, okay. Well, I never watched Mad TV because I just uh, didn't care for do it. Do you ever, do you remember, I know, trust me, I'm with you. Uh, do you, but do you remember a very, very famous sketch character that they kept doing every week that got old really fucking fast named oh, uh, Stuart? Miss Swan? Oh, no. Well, there was Stuart and the Vancomb lady, but this particular was Miss Swan. He looked like a man. Do you remember that shit? Nope. Like I said, I watched the well, first two or three episodes of Mad TV and checked out. Well, audience, if that's something you remember, that's who this is. Uh, the only uh, thing I've ever seen her in uh, was Shameless. Um, she played uh, Frank's lawyer uh, in a few handful of episodes across a few well, that's, seasons. That's what's so frustrating to me about about Mad TV is that they had this just unbelievable talent on that show. Like, look at all the actors that were on that show and what they've done later. Unbelievable talent. Key and Peel were on Mad TV during their worst seasons. Like, unbelievable talent. Wasted. 
mm-hmm. absolutely wasted. I don't mm-hmm. know how they did it. I don't know why they did it that way, but like, um, I'm drawing a blank on her name who play, uh, Alex Borstein. Um, yeah. she, uh, Oh, whenever she is on screen as, um, oh my God, what's her name? Susie Meyerson. Susie. Um, the reason that she steals the scenes is because she plays a very specific kind of 1950s character. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the kind of character that you would expect to see on like Newsies or some shit. Um, but much more hard-assed. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, it's just, she does such a, does amazing job with the character. She's also and extremely short and she's very, too. um, masculine in her appearance. Uh, so, well, she's running, got, yeah, she definitely got a broader body for sure. Well, I mean, you know, just the way she dresses too, you know, she's just wearing like jeans and a leather jacket and a newsboy cap. And, you know, she's kind of dirty wearing the same clothes multiple days in a row. And a running joke is, you know, she doesn't go out and she doesn't wear makeup or anything like that. She doesn't look like Midge by any, like when Midge, when Midge and her standing next to each other, there's the juxtaposition of style. Yeah. There's just a complete contrast, you know, because Midge is just, just, she could be a pinup girl. She's all put together from her, her makeup, clothes, accessories, hat, shoes, handbag. Everything is meticulously planned out when she wears Not it. to sound like the worst straight guy ever, but Jesus Christ, the woman playing Midge is so fucking hot. Like, good God. Oh, like, I'm absolutely, sorry. Absolutely. She is extremely attractive. She is a very beautiful woman. And then, you know, here's Susie next to her, and Susie's very short, so the contrast the, between the two of them. The, but the running gag about Susie is like, yeah, what's what's this guy's problem, you know? And he's like, guy, what? You know, she doesn't believe that people don't see that she's a woman, <laughs> which is yeah. just funny as shit to me. I think there's a couple characters that straight call her sir. Yeah, yeah. There are. Yeah, it's 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 a fantastic show. And then Tony Shalhoub, can we just dive into that character? Because he is wonderfully neurotic. <laughs> yes, yes. He he, she, he plays the father Abe, as we mentioned, Midge's dad. And he is a creature of habit. He has his study. He likes to keep things very quiet when he's in his study. He's a professor at, was it Columbia University? Yes. uh, He's a brilliant mathematician, and he is very absent-minded. Like, you tell him one thing, he just registers that somebody said something. And he doesn't really recall details like conversations. He's off in his own world most of the time. There was a there was a very funny scene in season one that told me everything I needed to know about his character, and it reminded me very much of my own dad. And it was uh, Midge's son is watching Howdy Doody. Yeah. And uh, by the way, trying to explain Howdy Doody to a young person is damn near impossible. Just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe I should say young person because I'm I'm relatively young compared to Howdy Doody, but. A young person who probably doesn't care about TV's history. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, God, who was it? it? Was somebody I was trying to explain it to? But anyway, 
Um, so she, she, he's like, uh, Midge, I need to turn off the TV so I can read my book in the living room or Dan or whatever the fuck he called it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like, you don't want to take him away from Howdy Doody. And he's like, I don't care. This is my house. And I read here and going on and on and on about how, like, this is his routine. This is what he does every night. Mm-hmm. And that Midge and her son are fucking up his routine. And I was like, oh, my God, that is my dad to a nutshell, just a creature of habit. And you fucking throw a wrench in that habit, and he loses his goddamn gourd. Yeah. It's like he's like, oh, well, I'll solve this problem right now. And he turns off the TV in immediate. (laughs) (laughs) And he turns it back on. He's like, maybe for one night. Uh, I've always yeah, been a fan of him ever since he was Antonio Scarpacci on Wings back in the 90s. I've always been so a I never fan watched, of Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, I didn't really watch a whole lot of uh, Wings when I was that young. I mean, you do have seven years on, or six years on me? Seven, seven years? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, uh, I don't remember watching a whole lot of Wings, but um, I really, really got into him when he was Monk. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of other roles that he was that he's done. Yeah, but. but that's mainly his big two prior to this. But then you know, you you look at her mother, Rose, and she is. She's a keep up. Appearance is everything. I was going to keep up with the Joneses type of character. Yes, yes. Appearance is everything, and when they find out that she that her husband has left her, she's like, you'll get him back. And he's like, what are you going to do? Go chase him, get him back, bring him home before anybody finds out so there's nothing to talk about. And it was just like, wow. Things, looking at the time period, I love period pieces because it gives you a glimpse of how things really were back then. I mean, it was frowned upon for women to be in the workplace, especially if they were married back then. Um, Yeah. You know, they were expected to be at home and make the dinners and take care of the kids and things like that. And she finds out through doing this stand-up secretly, she doesn't want that. She wants... She wants to go to the clubs and tell the jokes and make the crowd laugh. And uh, the... there's the in, in season two when she finally only like the whole part where where her dad finds out. Yes. Um, that was like I think that's when I texted you and I was just like, I he's my favorite character in the show. Like, I could watch a whole show on him, and I think I'd You're be entertained about just when as they much. were vacationing in the Catskills, and she goes to a club like an hour away to do a gig, and he's there. Yeah, well, yeah, it was it was the episode after that, when they're out on the, like, he comes to, to breakfast, and he's pissed off, and he's like, nothing's wrong. Why would anything be wrong, huh? The funny, like, like it, was, it was so fucking funny. And then, uh, to further that, when, um... When they walk out to the balcony and uh, or patio or whatever you want to call that, and they start the, having the a conversation, veranda. veranda. Yeah, uh, right yeah. They start talking all the way around the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's just like, "Don't tell your mother. Don't tell anybody. I will tell you when it's okay to tell anybody about it." Yeah. Uh, 
it was just, it was really funny the way that he was acting towards it. But I also like, as funny as it was, I did have like a sense of, I don't want to say urgency, but definitely like I was kind of tense because I was like, this isn't going to end well for him or for her. Like this, this seems like it's going to go down a bad path. And I think she also knew it because she says, she's just like, so I shouldn't go in there and tell them right now. I have to keep lying about it. <laughs> He's like, he kind of made like a passive, like not lying, just not telling the truth. Like, it was so fucking funny. The whole yeah. scene was just really funny. But it all, like, again, but it made me, it, it, because of their acting and because of, I guess, my own personal anxiety issues, I felt that anxiety that Midge had to have been feeling. Mm-hmm. Is my point. So, like, I just, that's why I bring up that whole scene because, like, I, in a sense, felt like it was real momentarily. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. I was, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just running circles around that scene in my head, and or or what was even funnier than that was it's it's um it's after that is it Passover? No, it wasn't Passover. What was the fucking holiday Yom, they were celebrating? Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. And if you don't know anything about Jewish uh, faith, Yom Kippur basically says that if you are um. If you're going to be celebrating that, you have to fast for the whole day. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's is like starving. They're so fucking hungry. Every like everyone's kind of in a shitty mood because they're so hungry. Yeah. Then to further that, she's like, so here's the thing. I have a gig tonight, Dad, and you're the only one that knows. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do this whole thing where like I sneak out of the house and yada yada. He's like, No. No. I just had all my sins forgiven. Right before Yom Kippur, this ain't happening. Like, just tell everybody. It's time. And she was like, it's time? And he's like, yes, it's time. So then dinner rolls around. He's known for a solid few weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, between the Catskills and this scene. So for, for a hot minute. And uh, <laughs> they're at dinner. And it's it's very classic sitcom where, every, like, if it can go wrong, it's going wrong situation. Yeah. And she's like, so I'm a stand-up comedian. I've been doing it for months now, uh, basically ever since I left Joel, or Joel left me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Susie here is my manager. And the whole time, her dad's just like, I I can't uh, believe this. Did you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Kevin Pollack, oh my God, I loved him as Joel's dad. He's like, hey, a comedian, eh? Tell us a joke. She's like, well, it yeah. doesn't work like that. He's like, uh... I can tell a joke. I'll tell you a joke right now. That's how it works. And, you know, because this is also at a time when female comedians were not popular. They were very few and far between. Uh, And, you know, this is also at a time period which profanity in a comedic act was a misdemeanor. So she has a run-in and meets... The great Lenny fucking Bruce. And the guy that got to play him was amazing. Yeah, dead on. Like, so. Even look like Lenny Bruce, too. Go and watch. So, if you watch the show, at the end of season two, Lenny Bruce does a whole bit on. um, I can't remember the guy's name who did the show. But it was a whole bit. 
No. No, it wasn't no. Ed Sullivan. It was um, uh, the guy who plays a piano. Fuck. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Steve Allen. Steve Allen, thank you. So he does a whole bit on Steve Allen. Look up that bit mm-hmm. on, on the internet. Like, I found a bit on YouTube. You can line up his act with the real one, and it's almost like mirrored. Wow. Like, he did such an unbelievable job playing Lenny Bruce. That's awesome. And uh, I think I messaged you, <coughs> pardon me, watching it, and I said, in, 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 in I think it was episode one or two, when he shows up for the first time, mm-hmm. they didn't have to introduce him. They didn't have to say his name. When he walked out on stage and I saw who he looked like and I knew the era, I went, that's fucking Lenny Bruce. They're going to have Lenny Bruce in this show? Yeah. And I got I got legitimately excited. Because to me, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, and Lenny Bruce are the godfathers of comedy. Yeah. Um, they are... I also love the fact they gave a nod to Red Fox because he was also... His you mean Red stand-up. Skelton? No, no, I'm talking about Red Fox. When do they do that? The because like after um after Susie told her, you know, go get some records and she took her to that record store and she got oh. some of the records. One of the things she bought was a Red Fox album. Yeah, I forgot about that. Dude, Red Fox, man, I loved his stand up. Yeah, I I've heard I haven't listened to a ton of Red Fox, but he was definitely in that wheelhouse of of top com- comics in that time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, you know, Lenny Bruce, he had this joke about the Pope that got him in jail. I mean, he was banned and blacklisted from almost every club across America near the end of his career. You know, he was like 40 when he died. Uh, yeah, 44, I believe. Uh, was, he, was he older than 40? I thought he was just uh... straight up 40. I'm looking it up right now. I thought it said 44, but yeah, I mean, he died very young because of well, his overdosed. drug addiction. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah. It's I mean, I love Lenny Bruce. Episode. Like, I've listened to old, I like, back when I was really, really, really into stand-up comedy, like, I was contemplating becoming a comic myself. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, so I'm doing some math real quick. Yeah, while well, you're doing that, um, but... The thing is, at the end of the first episode, when she does... 41. Uh, sorry, he was 41. 41, okay. When she does her bit at the end of the first episode, and she's talking about how her husband left her for his secretary, and uh, she was making fun of her name and everything, and she's like, hey, who wouldn't want to come home to these every night? And she re- pulls her top down and shows her breasts on stage. She gets arrested, and she's like, what am I getting arrested for? You know, performing burlesque without a license. You know, and then she says something. She curses on stage <laughs> once and she gets arrested. She gets contempt of court because she cursed at the judge. Was Which is hilarious like, scene, oh, by the way. Yeah, it was. But man, this show was well done. I could. I enjo- like, legitimately enjoyed everything. I remember telling Josh because there's some times where we'll watch a show and I'm not digging it that much. Uh, I think, like, uh, for example, um, Watership Down. Not yeah. totally digging it, not hating it, mm-hmm. but because I'm not like super invested in the show, it takes me a lot longer to actually finish the show. Yeah. Uh, but I mentioned to him, I go, I go, if this show grabs me by the balls and I'm just like enjoying the hell out of it, I'll finish it in a few days. 
yeah. legitimately finish this in two days. I dropped everything to make sure I could finish this show. And then when I finished season two, I was like, I'm legitimately upset there's no more. Yeah, yeah. Well, it has been renewed for a third season. so we But it could be a year and a half to... before we get that. Exactly, because it was about a year and a half between the release of season one and season two. Yep. That's something that I've noticed about Amazon's original titles. They have a long production time in between seasons. Yes. Um, Netflix tries to go about a year between their more popular shows. But, you know, hey, at least we are getting a third season. I absolutely adore this show. It's honestly, I've watched several things on Amazon Prime. And honestly, this is the best Amazon original I have ever watched. It was better than Jack Ryan. It was better than The Tick. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I, I I don't I I think I like Jack Ryan a lot, but I like that's still that was one of those shows that I kind of watched passively. Mm-hmm. This was not one of those shows. But no, any matter, I got I got super into this. This was really really good, and you know, a couple of friends of mine who are also also listeners. Uh, they they said you guys need to cover the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and I was like, all right, well I'll, I'll mention it to Greg, and then somebody else mentioned it, and I was like, all right, several people have mentioned this, so let's cover it. Th- this yeah. is, I think we should probably go ahead and agree because we've been going yeah. on for a little while. Um, <laughs> I knew we were going to talk about the show for a hot, for a hot minute, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we covered everything I could think of. So, well, what I mean, you... you know, I don't want to give away too many plot specifics, you know, other than the basic, you know, things. There's a lot that we didn't reveal to you. You know, Mitch oh, yeah. and Joel, they try to remain civil and be friends uh, after their their split. You know, and there's just a lot going on. It is delightfully funny. There's some genuine heartwarming uh, moments to it. There's some moments where you're going to laugh extremely hard. I'm very sad that we still didn't get the punchline to uh, pushing something the size of a watermelon out of the size something the size of a coin purse joke. Um, <laughs> Mister, I like, mean that I in itself is funny. That joke, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man uh it's it's a great show uh it's a great look back at you know life in the 50s and just really really well written characters there's really not any slow spots you're invested in almost everything at least i was and this is like like you said this is one of the most closest to perfect shows there are out there and i give it an a plus both seasons I fucking completely mirror everything you said. Like I didn't, I wasn't bored at any point. I was invested 110%, even in shit that you would think, why would you be invested in that little thing? It doesn't mean anything. Cause I am. Cause I was like the, everyone did such a well, like such a good job that there was no way that I could have been bored. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, everything that you said, I, I completely agree with. I, I mirror 110%. It is, an absolute more yeah a plus 100 like it's not often that this podcast has both of us giving 100 percent an a plus but here you are like honestly if you have amazon prime a friend that has amazon prime and you're looking for a new show to watch you know one every night this yep. this will entertain you for two weeks and it is 
It might be shorter than that because I thought it was uh, going to be. It's about 18 or 19 episodes. No, no, I mean, like, I said a couple weeks because if you watch it for 18 days. Yeah, yeah. But you might be invested so much that you're like, okay, another one, another one, another one. So. You could easily watch two episodes a night and knock it out in a week, week and a half. Um, but, uh, but, you know, yeah. It, that's, and that's the worst part about it. It's short. It's It feels way too short. Yeah, but at the same time, because it is so short, it makes it digestible and easier to invest in for people, I think. And, you know, it's, it's well done. It's just, I'm looking forward to season three. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to more of these characters. And one little yeah. thing, another bit that cracked me up was when uh, Midget's family goes to the Catskills and Susie follows her up there because she's trying to find her work. And she's just walking around carrying a fucking plunger everywhere. Everybody automatically assumes that she's staff, so she's eating free. She's got a place to sleep. That was awesome. <laughs> the whole, the whole bit, the whole bit uh, about her "quote unquote" going missing and then them finding her. Yes, <laughs> God, dude, I could not get enough. That was so fucking funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yes, go check out the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. You won't be sorry. Great show. Yep, yep, yep. All right, real quick, before we hop into Umbrella Academy, um, I wanted to uh, let you guys know uh, we still have a lot of merch on the website. Um, uh, I can never remember the the, 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 the website that's that's doing the merch. Well, it's a Redbubble website. So Redbubble. It's made, it's made the order. And, right. you know, Which is great, run, because then you know, nothing goes of, to waste. And... Yeah, yeah, they run a lot of specials. Um, Let's see what's out there today. Yeah. If you're a member of Redbubble, now this is today, of course, so it might change because it changes about every 24 or 48 hours. You refer a friend and they buy something, you get $10 uh, gift certificate to use on a future order, and they get 25% off of their first order. But yeah, we've got uh, 57 different products out there. Uh, shirts, you know, multiple shirts in men's and women's sizes, uh, wall art, home decor, bags, stickers, all kinds of shit. Go check it out. And the best way to do that is to go to our website, which is allcueduppodcast.com, and then select the merchandise tab. And it'll take you right to, uh, there's a link there that takes you to our Redbubble shop. Absolutely. It's, um... It's something that I think is really fun for us. Um, like we 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 do see a little bit of that money, but uh, yeah. that goes right into the podcast and whatnot. What what's more fun for us is seeing you guys with our cartoon faces on your on your chest, yeah, or if it's on a mug or something like that. Stuff's so much fun. Okay, one of the things that I really love is you know we've sold several T-shirts, uh, we've sold a hoodie. Uh, when listeners have bought these, taking pictures. And sending them to us, uh, you know, we've po- we post them on our Twitter account, we post them on our Instagram, we post them to our Facebook page. We love seeing you sporting the gear. It's like, you know, you're showing us some love, and we're going to reciprocate that, you know, putting it out there. We just like seeing that. So if you buy something, send us a picture of it. You know, we'd love to post it to our social media accounts, show you off as well. Yeah, we the 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 fact that you guys are enjoying the show is awesome, but 
when we see you guys like spending your money on us, <laughs> like that's that is that that I can't even describe how awesome that is. Like it feels it feels like we've succeeded, like full on wow. succeeded. So we we've put a few smiles on some people's faces and given them some things to watch and some entertainment. So that's cool. I mean, that was the whole goal in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, Let people I think know. the whole goal is just something for us to talk about. You know, Look, the goal, Josh, <laughs> is that I make fucking money, okay? So give us money, guys. What? <laughs> All right. If you are in a position to help the show out, you could always sign up for our Patreon. There, There is that, yes. But, yeah. We, we just love the support, everybody. Yeah, and yeah, now we're I'm, weekly I'm being, because uh, we just posted our first episode of Uninhibited last week, and that was a that's good right, lesson. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and again, guys, with Uninhibited, please send in your questions. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Um, if it's a personal question, you want to know a little bit more about us, ask that question. We are more than happy to be an open book. Uh, I mean, unless it's too personal, obviously. But, uh, you know, we... we um, we have our own personal likes and dislikes. And I think one of the fun things is uh, how, like, next week I'm going to talk to Josh about why he doesn't like Space Jam. Oh, God. Um, no, we're not. We're not. Yeah, we are. No, it's we're happening. not. No, we're not. Yep. It's happening. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, check out Uninhibited, which is every other week that we're not doing the reviews. Um, then, like Josh said, we posted the first one last week. Uh, but they will be listed off in regular numeric order. So um, they're still under the all queued up banner. So it'll be all queued up episode. What was last week? 37? Yeah. Yeah. So it's episode 37 uninhibited. And then this week's episode 38. And then the titles of the show we're watching. And you that's how you can kind of tell which is which. Yeah, because I've listed them as, you know, regular episodes are all queued up episode blah with whatever review. Well, this, you know, I call it the uninhibited all queued up. So those will be prefaced with that. Yes. That's the point I was making. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, let's let's jump into Umbrella, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, um, the Umbrella Academy. Wow. Uh, do you have a synopsis for us, Josh? I do. October 1st, 1989, 43 women around the world give birth simultaneously, despite none of them showing any signs of pregnancy until labor began. Seven of these children are adopted by an eccentric billionaire, Sir Reginald Hargreaves, and they he in turn trains them to be a superhero team through what he calls the Umbrella Academy. He gives them numbers instead of names, but they eventually are named by their mother figure. Um, although, out of the seven kids, number five is never named. Uh, let's see. He puts six of the children to work on fighting crime, but he keeps one apart from the siblings' activities, and she seems to be ordinary and has no powers of her own. And basically, the story picks up after... Number five runs away. Uh, he has the ability to jump, uh, like, through time. It is... Space and time? 
Yeah, well, initially it's just jumping through space, like teleportation. But he discovered that he can travel through time, and he does so. Well, he disappeared, and he was gone for like 15 or 16 years. 17, I thought? Oh, was it 17? Because I think Luther Luther says you've been gone for 17 years. Oh, okay, okay. Now, uh, number six, who was named Ben, he ended up dying on a mission. And one by one, all the kids left the team until Luther was the only one remaining. And as the show opens up, uh, their adopted father, Reginald Hargreaves, dies. So they all reunite, reconvene for his funeral. And at this point is when number five comes back from the future and reveals that um, the apocalypse happens in eight days, eight days. and yeah. I have no idea how to stop it. And we've got to figure out how. That's pretty much the setup for the show. And wow. Yeah, this so, show is fun. Yeah. I was going to say that uh, one of the things about this show that really like made me happy was the... Um, it was the idea that <clears throat> you would take these characters, these, these quote-unquote superheroes, who don't want to be superheroes, who are essentially raised from babies to be superheroes. Mm -hmm. um, and their quote-unquote father, who's not their father, um, and their mother, who's not their mother. No, she, it turns out she is a robot. Yeah. And that's not told to you until, like, what, episode two? Yeah, it's okay. early on, though, but she is a robot. Yeah. But you could tell in the very first episode, there's something off about this lady. She right. is not right. But yeah, but she's the, a robot. The, the dysfunctionalness, I think, was super fucking fascinating to watch because instead of showing you the progression of them being dysfunctional, it just hops right into them being a dysfunctional family and then shows you through, epi like, as the episodes move on, how and why they're more and more dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And, and they are extremely so. I mean, to to put it bluntly... It's their father's fault. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't call yourself a parent if you don't try to nurture and talk to and communicate. It's just like, okay, here's your lessons. Go. That's yeah. it. You know, it's like, oh, dinner. No eating. Eat. Now go train. You know, the, very standoffish, very, um, very aloof, and no Because Reginald was an asshole, like, full on. Full on asshole. But, you know, we've got these kids. Let's, let's, let's talk about the kids. we got number one, who is Luther. He is huge. He had been on the moon for the past four years as a mission. He was the only one who did not leave the team. He was severely injured on a mission one time. And to save his life, you find out he was injected with a serum that it did save his life, but it was it gave him the upper body from like the waist to his neck of an ape. 
So he yeah. has these weird, ridiculous proportions. Yeah. Uh, and he tries to hide it by wearing, you know, like long sleeves and gloves and everything. But eventually it's revealed, oh, wow, you are one hairy son of a bitch. Wow. Wow, you're an ape. <laughs> but uh, you've got uh, number number two, which was Diego. Uh, he is a rebellious... What? I say it never specifies exactly what his powers are. You yeah. just kind of see it in action, but yeah, it's just basically he has the ability uh to hold his breath and also he has like kind of like bullseye from Daredevil. He throws it, it's going to hit its target. It'll curve in the air around things. He can throw a knife and make it hit its target from no matter what position. Um, he is also, you know, like active in fighting crime, similar to the Punisher or someone. He acts outside of the law. Yeah, the first time you see him in the show, he's like literally killing people who have a family hostage. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's number three, which is, um, Allison. She has a power. Uh, she's a, a celebrity and she has the ability to manipulate reality. By lying with the phrase, uh, anything she says that begins with the words, I heard a rumor, then it happens for her. Uh, um, I think she just has uh, not necessarily bending reality, but um, temporary mind control. To a degree. Uh, basically, I wouldn't call it mind control so much as uh, hypnotic suggestion. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah, I guess you're right cuz it is more hypnot hypnosis than it is anything else. Yeah, yeah. And then there's number 4, Klaus, the drug addict with the ability to communicate with the dead, who happens to be like his dead brother Ben number 6 is always there with him. Uh and then there's number 5 who was never named because he jumped to the future. Uh, number six was Ben. He died. And then number seven, Vanya. Um, she was the one who has no powers and nothing special. Uh, or, you know, that's that's what she had always been told. That's what you're, she, yeah. She just uh, is very ordinary. And she wrote a book. And because of her tell-all book that she wrote about her siblings and family, she was kind of ostracized from them, uh, you know, and she plays violin and she teaches violin and she plays in a symphony and, you know, she uh, just has a regular life. And this. Uh, it's kind of hard it, to talk about this show without spoilers. Because I don't the want whole... to spoil the ending at all. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. One of well, I mean, and, and that's my problem, Josh, is because I figured it out pretty early. They telegraph that shit way early. I agree. I agree. There are some things that are very predictable in this, but then they also throw you little curveballs here and there to suggest that well, maybe not. But yeah, it pretty much if you think what I think you're thinking, if you think that while watching it, you're you're right. But. However, well, that, uh, that's the, that's that's my point is, um, 
God, I can't say it without spoiling it. Son of a bitch. One of the things I will... Go ahead. So basically the thing about number seven, mm-hmm. like, I predicted it in the first episode because yeah. of how they presented her, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's my only issue with this show. It is yeah. super fun to watch. It's super fun to devolve. It's like a character study, essentially. Yes. Of like, how would this family of dysfunctional superheroes react to one another and the world and da 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 da. That's fun. In no way, shape, or form, if for me, was this show ever like, oh, didn't see that coming. Like, I saw just about fucking everything coming. And I said, because there's a few things that I didn't. Yeah. Um, I'll say specifically, Josh, without spoiling anything, the end of episode eight. Um, with number three and number seven in the cabin. Oh, yeah. Wasn't expecting that at all. Like, I was like, whoa, okay, cool. That was um, cool. But, uh, most of it, I was like, yeah, okay, uh-huh, got it, saw that coming. And, and, and not specifics, either. Like, just generalizations I saw coming. Like, yeah. um, the way it was executed wasn't exactly maybe how I planned it, I planned it in my head, but it was still enough for me to be like, okay, yeah, <laughs> this seems like a no-shit situation. Um, this in no way, shape, or form is me saying the show is bad. No, but it's it's definitely in the wheelhouse of of uh, it was a thing that happened for me watching it, and yeah, it might yeah. be a thing that happens for you. Um, that but being that, said, it doesn't take away from the uh, the watchability of the show at all. That's that was exactly what I was gonna say. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed all ten episodes. Um. I was trying to play a little Tetris 99 while watching it. Couldn't. Huh. I had to, like, pause the show and then finish the round and then watch the show. Dude, uh, this this is something that Misty watched with me from start to finish. So I didn't get to watch this like I would normally watch something when we watch for the show. I watched the first two episodes Saturday nights. And she's like, oh, that's... She's like, I like this. It's like, I do too. And then... Sunday night, we watched the next two episodes. And then Monday morning, I watched three more before she went to work. And uh, then we finished up the last three Tuesday morning. Normally, I would have watched this in two days. But because she wanted to watch it with me, I worked around her schedule and we watched it together. And the, the final scene, the very final scene, she jumped up out of her chair and went, Yes! It was, I mean, yeah, it was cool to see her reaction to that. That was pretty awesome. One but, of the one of the interesting things, by the way, Josh, without spoiling the final scene, the way that this show makes what the comic tried to do better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's it's very rare, very fucking rare for a movie or any any, any adaptation of a comic to outdo the comic. Uh, one example, thousand percent. Right. I was gonna say uh, one example of this happening other than this show is wanted. The comic is fucking trash compared to the goddamn show. The movie, the movie is fantastic. The comic is terrible. I fucking hate the comic. Um, this, this we discovered was a comic and the comic was written in 2007. Well, before you said, I, I knew. 
I was before before you say that I knew it was a comic before watching it. I just never had read it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that it was written by Gerard Way. For all you music fans out there, that's the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. He uh, was the one who wrote this. So that's why it's not had a consistent publication either for the past decade, because it's just like done six issues at a time, I guess, in between tours. Um, <laughs> and uh, But I read the comic, I read the first trade paperback of the comic, after watching this show, I found the comic to be very underwhelming compared to the show. The, Like you said, the comic laid a great groundwork for the series, and the series just blew away any expectations from that groundwork. Um, yeah. It, it was um, extremely well done. Yeah, I think that's that for me is, is something that I think works really well with what this show is doing is it took this idea because the comic is very short. It's only, it's only six issues. And yeah, the first one, um, and there's like two other trades after that, but they're not, I think one's like four issues and one's like three or four issues. I don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very, very short, but it doesn't, it doesn't dive too deeply into certain things like characters, backstory or characters, you know, reasons for being, uh, a little um, uh, brutish, if you will. Mm -hmm. They just, they just are that way. It just dives into it. It just goes and goes and goes and goes, and there is nothing else to it. Yeah. And uh, um, I don't think there's anything necessarily "quote unquote" wrong with that, but it it definitely feels less than because of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the show goes like, we have all these characters, we have this 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 groundwork where some are depressed, some are unhappy with their life, some would like to forget their family, some are mad at their own family. Let's work mm -hmm. with that and see where we can take it. Now, not having read the other two trades that are out there, there's probably some little bits of info here and there that they pulled to use in this series and expound upon it. But based on how the first one was written, I'm going to wager there wouldn't be a lot that they pulled from that. Um, um, from what I was looking up on social media, because there are people that read the comic and do enjoy the comic quite a bit. Um, it's almost as if the show was like. Was adding story to these characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From the comic. And I'm not talking about just the first trade. I'm talking about like the whole series. Okay. Um, oh, one thing. Cameron Britton. Remember how much we loved him in Mindhunter as Edward Kemp, Ed Ed Kemper, the serial killer. Is he? Is he? Is he? Uh, Hazel. That's Cha Cha, or that's Hazel. Yeah. Okay, because he was awesome in this show. I loved him. I love that dude. I, mean, I want to see Netflix give me more shows with Cameron Britton, please. Yeah, I love he's, that dude. he's awesome. I love. I did his not character. recognize him at all. Did not yeah. recognize. Him. I was just like, "Hey, this child." Like Hazel and Cha Cha, first off, like were fantastic to watch. Yes, Mary J. Blige. Who knew that she could? Act what the fuck? That's off. her. Yes, <laughs> that's Mary J. Blige, man. Well done. I had no fucking clue. She can act her ass off. And here, here, these two characters that we're talking about, Hazel and Cha Cha, they are assassins that work for this agency called the Commission. They are 
time-traveling assassins at that. And they just happened to be after number five, because apparently number five also worked for the commission after he was recruited after surviving in the apocalypse on his own as the lone survivor for about 30 years. And he became their most talented assassin afterwards. Uh, they're, they're after him because the commission wants to ensure that the apocalypse happens. They're like, it has to happen. It happens for a reason. And if it doesn't happen, worse things will happen. So they want to keep the apocalypse happening in place. Five wants to stop it. The others want to stop it. Hazel and Cha-Cha want to kill Five because that's what they've been ordered to do. And just the whole thing is just really, really cool. Uh, I mean, one yeah. thing about this show that does a really good job is I'm not, I see my thing about time travel. I'm really, I really like quote unquote faced bait, fate, fate based time travel. Mm-hmm. So, um, I like, I like time travel where let's say Josh, you're 12 years old, right? And you trip over something and you don't know what you tripped over because it's nothing's there, but you look up at the tree and there's like an arrow in the tree and you're just like the hell and you move on with your life, right? Mm-hmm. You get you get to be about like 30 years old, right? And somebody mm-hmm. tells you like there's a there's an assassin that went back in time and is trying to kill you mm-hmm. as a 12-year-old boy, so you go to stop him and uh you're not there in time so you trip your 12-year-old self. Mm. That kind of thing. Like Everything that you experienced when you were 12, if it seemed odd, was because you time traveled to start to do those things. Yeah, okay. It was all like everything happened the way it was supposed to happen, no matter how the time went. You're not actually, quote unquote, changing time. This show is entirely different with that time, kind of time travel. It changes yeah. time. But the other yeah. issue that comes up with time travel are paradoxes. This show kind of fixes the paradox issue by just going... Well, time really time really isn't a thing. <laughs> yeah. Like you're time quote unquote traveling, but you're not really time traveling. It's just everything's happening at the same time and you're just dealing with it. Like there's quantum fluxes and all this kind of shit, and you're just like, all right, cool, let's just go. Let's just have fun. Yeah. So yeah. It's a massive plot point in the show. The time travel stuff is a massive plot point. Um but it doesn't get confusing. It doesn't get convoluted. It's just, it's just there and it's fun. Like yeah. certain, certain things happen that seem weird and you're just kind of like, okay, it happened, but it doesn't centralize on that thing that happened because the, the show wants you to kind of think about it for a minute and then it moves on and it just goes and you're just like, okay, fun. Yay. Let's keep going. Oh, Hazel and Chacha are mad. Ha 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 ha. Like it's and just, I love the fact that, like, when they're in assassin mode, they're wearing like a a puppy dog, an inflatable puppy dog head, and an inflatable panda head. Uh so awesome. So that's actually directly from the comic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're not in the apocalypse suite. They well, like are. Uh, they they're show- probably in the Dallas trade. I haven't read it yet. But yeah, because like, because I know that they're major players later. And I even read how their deaths happen, technically. Um, but this show basically took those two characters and made them something special. Whereas the comic doesn't. Yeah. 
They're just kind of assassins that, that they need to be the killed. thing. I think this show did something like you said. With all the characters from the comic, it made them special because reading the comic, nothing felt special. It just felt there. Um, yeah. This show does a wonderful job at taking something that was mediocre in my opinion and making it outstanding. Yeah. I mean, I, again, the, the comic felt like a fucking somebody pitched a storyboard and then yeah. a bunch of writers were like, let's, let's go further with this. Let's see where we can take it for 10 episodes. Yeah. Cause the comic takes like, cause it's six episodes or six issues and each, each one takes 15 minutes to read. If that, not even that maybe 10, yeah. I read the whole thing in about an hour. Uh, it took me about an hour and a half because I was, I guess, going a little slower than you. One thing about the comic that I fucking hate is its its, its art style. Like, I don't know why, but it just bothered the hell out of me. So, um, that was a definite turnoff. But, uh, that being said, the, um, uh, the show, one thing the show does that I really appreciate is in the comic, Luther, it's his head attached to an actual gorilla body. Yeah. That when he died, or quote-unquote was going to die, Reginald uh, uh, Hargreaves, couldn't think of the last name for a second there. Yeah, he um, just transplanted his head and brain to an ape body. Yeah, so yeah. so I was reading a book bit about that, and apparently in later issues, they what it is is, um, and the show's clearly not going to do this because they explained in the show how that happens, but... Um, uh, in the comic, like Hargreaves finds a Mars gorilla, and uh, attaches Luther's head to the to the gorilla's body, and that's why whenever they're in space in later issues, um, all he needs in space is like that jetpack, a helmet, and his gun, because the the Martian ape body can handle the vacuum of space. Oh, okay. Yeah, and... Well, his codename is Space Boy, even though I don't think they really ever used it in the show. I don't think they used any of their codenames in the show. Yes, they did, but not... So it's when um, Three is uh, having Luther talk to her daughter. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, Space Boy! Boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he, I think he, in the comic, it explains why he wanted to be called Space Boy, but not the show. And it was just that he wanted to go into space. Yeah. Um, but, uh, fuck, man, I like, one of the fun things about that whole, like, uh, so, so the thing, the thing I'm getting about Luther is that in the comic, it always looked weird. The proportions were like way the fuck off. It was a tiny yeah. head on a giant ape body. Uh-huh. But if you look at other people's art of this comic, the proportions look better. Still off, because that's the point, but yeah. not ridiculous like the like the actual comics illustrations look. So the way that they did it for the show, to me, was perfect. It's not like so ridiculous that you're like, okay, she couldn't even function, but it's silly enough to where you're like... He's bigger than he should be, clearly. Um, but, you know, I believe it. I believe that this Hargreaves guy who could make a fucking chimpanzee hyper-intelligent, like, do this. Like, I, I just, 
it's it's fun. It's super fucking fun in that regard. And I just think the show does the comic way the fuck better. Just way, way, way better. Mm-hmm. In 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 numerous strides. So yeah. I don't know. Should we uh give it a grade so we don't spoil anymore? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, because I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Um with the path the show takes, dissecting each character of the family down to its core figuring out who these characters are while on topping that while on top of that telling a very intricate story of the impending apocalypse was extremely fun for a whole 10 episodes everybody who's acting in the show does a really good job i think the guy who plays diego kind of overacts in some certain scenes but other than that for the most part i think it's great um uh i will say that there are some elements of the show that i think are a bit ridiculous. Uh, I'll give you an example. This is a little spoilerish, but when it shows the organization that basically makes sure that everything happens like it's supposed to happen throughout time, mm-hmm. when you see their office and it looks like a 1960s fucking cubicle type office, I was just like, that's kind of stupid. <laughs> I did not like that. I yeah, wanted to see whole, more like the whole compound and everything. Uh, by, uh, of the commission is like very 1960s era, like leave it to Beaver-esque. I would have preferred to see everyone wearing leave it to Beaver type clothes, but the whole office looks like it's from uh, Men in Black. Yeah, I think I that would have been way more fun. But, uh, well, you know, I guess that's just preference. Um, uh, but other than that, like I really, really enjoyed the show and I highly recommend it. I give it an A. Solid A. Nice, nice. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it. I'm going doubles. I'm doubling up this weekend. I think this show was <laughs> nearly perfect. Uh, you know, I got to give it an A plus. It was that enjoyable for me. Um, this show and Misty, Misty actually made this comparison, and I have to agree with her. This show felt like. Somebody wrote a script for a superhero team and they wanted and they gave it to Wes Anderson. It's like Wes Anderson made the X-Men. It's uh, funny you say that because I had a similar thought because the aesthetic of the show really fucking tickles me. Yes, yes. The aesthetic of this show, the the way it's filmed, the cinematography, the it's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. The soundtrack is amazing to this show. My now my you difference have these fucking songs that don't seem to fit whatever is going on playing in the background but yet working. Yeah, I was going to say I was say the one thing about like the Wes Anderson uh comparison that I would go against with is I feel like if Wes Anderson did a superhero show, a lot more of these characters would be quirky. <laughs> And none of them are really quirky. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll grant you that. However, um, you know, and we haven't even mentioned her yet, but Ellen Page, I think this is one of the best things I've ever seen her in. Uh, you know, she's done some great stuff for such a young actress. I really loved her in Hard Candy with Patrick Wilson. There's a dark one if you've never seen that. And, I haven't, you know, but... I really enjoyed her in... Uh, <clears throat> What was that movie? Uh, was it Juno? Was that what it was called? Yeah, there's Juno. And then another role that I really enjoyed her in 
Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It's called, um, I think it's just called Super, but it's with, uh, it's with, um, uh, Rain Wilson and her. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. She did an outstanding job as Vanya in this. And, man, this show is a lot of fun. Go, if it, it, go watch it. The, both of these shows this week, the, this is the best thing I've seen on Netflix since I watched Altered Carbon about this time last year. I don't know if it's Altered Carbon levels of good, but it's definitely Well, close. I'm saying it's the best thing since that. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm not gotcha. saying it's better than Altered Carbon, but it's pretty damned outstanding, though. This is a wonderfully fun show, a little predictable at times, but it never really slows down to the point where you're bored. It's got a very unique uh, style, and the soundtrack is fantastic, and the, all the actors do tremendous jobs with their roles, and I absolutely loved it. All right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, no, 100%, like... Did like both shows this week, as I predicted, stellar. Like, if if you're looking for stuff to watch for the next two weeks, other than what we recommend, here you go. Like, mm-hmm. we cannot re- like honestly, cannot recommend both shows enough. They're f- utterly f- fucking fantastic, and and I'm so happy that everyone suggested Marvelous Miss Maisel. I really, really am because that would have yep. passed my radar, hundred percent. Yep. So, so yeah. Huge, huge shout out to my buddy Dustmites and my buddy Shoki uh, for being two of the people that uh, suggested that we review the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So thanks, guys. But yeah, yeah, a great. Shows. Um, so next week, uh, Josh and I will be doing another episode of Uninhibited. However, the week following that. Uh, we're going to be reviewing a Netflix show called Russian Doll, as uh, per my brother's request. Um, he uh, he said on Twitter, I don't know if it's on your guys' radar, but Russian Doll should be. And I said, well, it is now. So uh, we're going to be watching that. And there was another show that is Korean. I'm assuming South Korean. Um, that uh, uh, It's basically a zombie show, uh, but it's like weird zombies i don't know it's like the trailer was fascinating but we're gonna check it out it's called kingdom um and uh i guess the general idea is that like this village in i want to say ancient give the synopsis when you know we cover it well i'm just yeah yeah, i'm just the idea (laughs) i'm just saying it's it's strange because it's Zombie, uh, South Korean zombie movie or show so it's just I'm, i'm i'm interested in it's my point that's that's all yeah yeah um, but yeah, so speaking Russian Doll, of, Kingdom, speaking, both on Netflix. Yeah, speaking of uh, assuming when you said I assume South Korean, funny story for you right fast. The other day, uh, Monday, my sister-in-law, the, her and her family got a brand new puppy for their house. Beautiful little American Shepherd, little black and white, white with like black patches over it. And... I called Madison into the room because she posted the pictures to Instagram. I said, Madison, come here and look at Sheena's new puppy. And she's like, oh, he's so cute. I said, well, it's it's a girl. She's like, oh, well, she's so cute. And she looked me dead in the eye and said, 
you know, you can't assume gender these days and walked out of the room. <laughs> I laughed so fucking hard, dude. I was like, oh, that was great. <laughs> My girl, 11 years old, be 12 in May, and she just drops that. And she's just like deadpan. Well, you can't assume gender these days. And oh, <laughs> so wonderful. Uh, yeah, she's uh. She's grown up around you, so her sense of humor is already going to be on point. But Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, dude, when she was six years old, Misty one time had come home from work, and she was very, very tired. She had been lifting and moving a lot of stuff. This is before she started working from home. She had been lifting and moving a lot of stuff, like resetting uh, aisles at the uh, grocery store that she worked at. So her legs were just like rubber. And you know how if your legs have been really worked really hard and you go to sit down and there's that breaking point and they just give out from under you and it was really hard for you to try to stand up? Yeah. Well, Misty was stuck on the couch and she's like, I can't get up. Help me. Help me. And I was like, no. I was laughing my ass off. And then uh, she's like, this isn't funny. Help me get up. And I was just laughing. Madison came in here and she's like six years old, mind you. I was like, hey, mommy needs a tow truck. Call her a tow truck, you know, like calling a tow truck to get somebody out of a ditch, right? Making yeah. that reference. Well, Madison, I guess, you know, her being five or six, I think she was six. She just looks Misty dead in the eye and goes, tow truck, and then turns around and goes back to her room. <laughs> Fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> so, yeah, she's got my sense of humor through and through, and I love it. But, yeah. So. Yeah. There's well, a... I, you know, <laughs> and that is just a small taste of the kind of stories that you'll hear on Uninhibited. Yeah, exactly. Which you can tune in and listen to next week. But in two that's weeks, what you call a, a segue. segue. Yeah. yeah, that's a segue, <laughs> and not the transport. Fair, fair, you know what? Fair enough. Uh, all right, guys. I, that is going to do it for us this week. Uh, yep. Remember to remember to check out Russian Doll and Kingdom and join us in two weeks when we recover when we cover that. And join us in one week when we bullshit on on uh, the internet. Um, and guys, send in your questions, send in your queries, send in your topics that you want us to to talk about on Uninhibited. Because yep. we will. All cure we'll podcast at gmail dot com. Send them there. Send them to our Tweet them to us, uh, send them to us on Instagram or Facebook or in our discussion group, anywhere. Send them to us, we'll, we'll hit them. Absolutely. But, uh, before we head uh, out, Greg, where can they find you on the internet? You can follow me on Twitter at ChubRockGeek. You can follow me on Twitch at ChubRockGeek. I need to start streaming on there a little bit more often, especially now that I have more free time. Uh, probably a lot of Anthem coming up. Um, nice. I'm very excited about that game. I, I, I have high hopes for it. Probably uh, going to be squandered just a little bit, but I did play a lot of the beta and loved the beta, and it was like three missions and one long mission, and I played that one long mission a lot, so I'm pretty sure I'll be enjoying this. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely check that out. Twitch.tv slash ChubRockGeek. I also do a podcast every week, Wednesday. every Wednesday. Um called uh, Mission Start Podcast, where my buddy Anthony and I, we discuss all the latest and greatest in gaming news. Um, uh, I know that uh, a lot of a lot of something we're going to be talking about very soon here is um, stuff involving 
the upcoming E3. Uh, recently, Sony said they're pulling out. They're not going to be yep. there almost at all. I'm not um, blame them. Well, my question is: Is this going to be? Is this going to be based on? Like what Nintendo does, where they're still on the floor, but they just don't have a conference. Is that what is that what Sony's talking about? Because they haven't specified. So we know. talk about that kind of stuff. I also have a segment called "Why You're Wrong," <laughs> where yeah. shit that irritates me on the internet when people have a stupid opinion based on video games, and I basically tell them why they're wrong. Uh, it's therapeutic for me. But, uh, but I yeah. really enjoyed last week's segment when you were talking about how the uh... 60 white cisgendered males on Reddit were bitching about booby streamers. <laughs> yeah. I just don't get it. Like, like uh, if you are a straight male, if you're a straight male or a gay lady, um, why are you complaining about a woman wearing a low-cut top on Twitch? Why is that a problem for you? I do not understand that. But even if you're not, even if you're not a straight male, why are you watching that stream to begin with? <laughs> that's what yeah. kills me. So it's just, there's all like, uh, anyway. So yeah, that's the kind of stuff you can hear on the podcast. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm sure if you're into video games, you'll enjoy it too. Um, uh, but yeah, that's about it at this point. Josh, what about uh, you? You can find me on here every week on Fridays. Uh, you can catch me sometimes on Off the Runner Building. We actually did an episode this past Sunday night. And you can catch me every Friday night live on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel on a show we call MPSP Theater. Uh, this past weekend was Toy Fair New York, so we're going to have a lot of coverage dedicated to that tonight on the show. Uh, so, you know, we also talk about other things in pop culture. Um, movies, TV shows, comics, things like that. So, tune in and give it a give it a view. That's on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. It's called MPSP Theater. And other than that, you know, Twitter yeah. and all those other things, you can see yeah. those. How to contact me on uh, on QDUPPodcast dot com. Yeah, it's also where you can find all of all QDUP's uh, social media accounts. Um, you can find mm -hmm. maybe maybe iTunes isn't isn't what you want to listen to us on. Well, if you go to allketopodcast dot com, we have every possible place you can listen to this podcast. Um, well, I think there's like not one place that quite does. A few. Well, was, uh, every possible place that we are on is my point. Yeah, not every yeah, possible yeah. place you can listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, Trying to think if there's anything else. I don't think there is. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your your support, whether it's just retweeting the podcast, having somebody listen to it, or you just listening to it in general and enjoying it. Even if you just use the podcast as a as a, uh, a vehicle for, hey, uh, honey, what should we watch tonight? I don't know. What did Josh and Greg watch? Like, even if you're just doing that, that makes us extremely happy. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all of that. Um. Yeah, I think it's going to do it for us. Uh, again, next uh, next week is uh, an inhibited. The week following that, Russian Doll and Kingdom. Um, and with that being said, we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.